Telling stories is a powerful way to build trust and connection with your audience. So how do you start with storytelling marketing and how does finding those stories translate into social media marketing? Welcome to the Savvy Social Podcast, episode number 123. This is a show dedicated to helping passion-led entrepreneurs and business owners just like you learn how to use social media as a tool to grow your business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can create connection, build community, and make your difference in the world. This episode is brought to you by Fan Booster by Traject, which is the world's most complete social media management tool, and it's my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. Try them out for yourself by clicking the link below the video or in the show notes if you're listening to this podcast. Today's guest is Lynn Glodner. I hope I said your name right, Lynn. And she is the host of the Make Meaning podcast and the founder of the Make Meaning movement. She's also the founder of Your People LLC, which is a marketing and public relations firm that she started in 2007 to bring meaning and purpose to marketing for schools, universities, and municipalities. In this episode, Lynn and I sit down to talk about her journey as a business, how she built the foundations for her storytelling marketing, and some steps you can take today to start using storytelling marketing as you market your business. Now, before we dive into this juicy interview with Lynn, just a few updates in the Savvy Social School. November 23rd, we have a live Q&A session, uh, office hours session, where you can get your questions answered. And this month's theme is all about planning. So on that session, we will dive into your plans. We'll go over any notes you took from our workshop earlier this month, and we will kind of talk about everything that you are currently working on in the school, diving into your strategy. Also happening in the school every single Friday, join us for our content creation co-working hours where we sit down and we work on our social media content together. And especially this Friday, we're kind of wrapping up anything that we have for the holidays next week. Uh, So we're kind of dialing in and tuning into that content. There won't be a content hour on the 27th because it will be Black Friday. We will be detoxing from all of the turkey and holidaying. So we're taking that day off from the school. So we're kind of preparing for that. And then also in the school, our high-level group coaching program, Thrive, is starting back up on November 30th with Mindset Coaching with Lana, who is going to be our guest coming up on the show. You'll definitely want to stay tuned for that because we have lots of fun in that session. And so if you are a marketer, a freelancer, or a social media manager building your business, this business coaching program is for you. Check it out. The link link will be in the description. Um, Also, if you're listening to this in real time, Julie, our Facebook ads manager, is going to be on November 11th coming into the school for office hours talking about planning out your Facebook ads and how to execute all of that. 
On our last session, she actually did a walkthrough of building an ad from start to finish, which the members of the Savvy Social School found very helpful. So definitely tune in because we have a lot of fun in there. All right, without further ado, let's dive into this interview with Lynn. Lynn, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'm really excited because I I feel like we had this connection being in the school together um, and also really excited to talk about your journey. So thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. And you're super kind because I look to you as a mentor and role model. And I'm so impressed with what you've built with the Savvy Social School. So thanks for uh, for saying that, that we're on equal footing. It's really cool. Yes. Yes, you are. Like you're super smart. So I want to go back to like the beginning of your journey because building a business, a lot of people listening to this show either have businesses or as you're probably going to mention, have podcasts. But I want to talk about kind of like your journey to having your own business. What was that like? Yeah. So it's been a long journey, actually. Um, I have worked for myself since 1998 and in different forms, but I was a journalist um, for a number of years after college. I went to the University of Michigan and I worked in New York City and Washington, D.C., um, and then moved home to Detroit in the mid 90s and worked at different newspapers in all of those places. And then in 1998, I went freelance. And so I was a freelance journalist for the next 10 years. And I had um, some regular clients from different magazines and newspapers. Um, I taught college English because I did a master's degree in, in writing and creative writing. And I was writing books and I, I was just all over the place. And then I started my family. I have four teenagers right now. So I started having babies and I was doing all this at once. And the greatest thing about it was that I come from an entrepreneurial family. And so I was really encouraged in my late 20s before I built a family, before any of this, to just take the leap and see what would happen. And that first year of freelancing, I tripled my income, which shows how little I was making. But you know, it also shows that the sky's the limit when you go out on your own. And so I just really wanted to write and tell stories. And then in 2007, I started to see the writing on the wall. Things were really changing in journalism. Obviously, that's when um, the economy was spiraling downward. And um, I was also getting divorced. And my kids were one, three, and five. So they were really little. And my ex-husband is a musician. So put all those factors together. And it's like a big you know, maelstrom. And um, I started to think about how could I continue to support my kids um, and work for myself so that I could really focus on raising them. And I sort of pivoted my communication skills into what is my PR and marketing business. It's called Your People. And I've been doing that ever since. So 2007 is when that started. And I really took a journalistic philosophy to the business. I, you know, I've always been a writer and a storyteller. And I just sort of was seeing social media actually start to really grow at that time. It was Facebook that was getting really big. And I was trying to figure out what was behind this, you know, what was what was bringing people sort of together, but in a distant way, and how could businesses respond to that? And so my early days at, at the company and your people were focused on how a company could fill this void or this loneliness that people were experiencing. So they were connecting behind screens, and there are some wonderful things that came out of that, but they were still alone. And if a business could authentically care about its clients, they won loyal 
the one loyal um, customers and it was just a win-win all around. So that was the philosophy that led me into this business. And it was just, let's tell some heartfelt stories so we can build those relationships that have mutual benefit for both business and customer. And that that's where it all started. Oh, I love that. And I love how you've, you've, brought like your history of journalism into what you're doing today and telling these stories and kind of just being flexible with kind of whatever was happening in the world. I know even right now, as we're recording this at the end of September in 2020, that level of flexibility is even more important today or, or just as important. So can you tell us a little bit about this story-making process? I'm curious, um, kind of when you get a new client, what's your approach to pulling the stories from them and then translating them into something amazing? So I really start and take a human approach to business. And so one of the things I love to say is that people do business with people. And so even if you have a multi-million dollar corporation and you know thousands upon thousands of employees, the transactions still take place person to person. And we really can't forget that no matter how big we get. And so what I do is I start with a client to try to get to know who are the main players, who are the originators or the creators of the company or the nonprofit, what was their story, what inspired them in the beginning, and then how has it evolved over time? And so we start to tell that story from the get-go, and we have to understand, you know, what are those um, heartstrings moments where people will hear a detail and say, wow, I'm so inspired by that, or I'm moved by it, or I can relate to it in some way, and pull that through the marketing. So I do what's called foundational messaging, where we start and we create a narrative from all of these details, and we establish that sort of anchor content that can serve as the foundation for all communications, marketing, public relations efforts, so that we have consistency, we have clarity, there's a story that everybody can buy into and tell, and then it can inform all of your editorial calendars and and your initiatives in the media and other things like that. So that's really where it begins. Yes, I love starting with the foundations because I think sometimes we look at, you know, something like social media and we see the final product, right? We see this like perfect story out there or we see this story arc that has like a beginning, middle and end. And as business owners, we may wonder how we fit into that. And it really starts with that foundation. So I'm glad that you kind of highlighted that. Looking at this kind of storytelling structure, can you talk a little bit about how we can apply that to our social media? How do we share those stories on social media or how do you encourage your clients to do so? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, first of all, I always want to ask the question of why. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you do this work? And I think we have to get a little bit deep and look for that meaning or purpose that drives the work you do every day, because that's where the human part of it is. And and social media is a social place. And so when we're looking on social media to connect with clients or to put a business out there, the first thing that I try to encourage my clients to do is to look at the relationship. So there should be a, a transaction relationship, human to human, thought to thought, you know, maybe purchases will take place, but that can't be the overriding concern. It has to be a connection. And so that that why is really important. So I work a lot with schools and universities. That's sort of my primary focus at the moment. And there are a lot of schools that will put out, you know, sort of one way um, posts and comments that are just like, sort of inadvertently, look at us, this is what we're doing. And they don't mean to do it that way, but I, I try to pivot their thinking to talk about 
well, who, who's receiving this and what's in it for them? What are they looking for? Like, why would they even follow your school? So it's great if they're already a family in your school, but if you're looking to increase enrollment, then what's going to draw a new family into looking at your posts? There has to be something in it for them. And so that's where that conversational element comes and, and looking at the mutual benefit, which is in every marketing endeavor that we do, there has to be something for me and something for you. And I, I think social is no different. Yes. And I love that the two-way aspect because social is different in that way. It's not like a, a billboard or a TV commercial or even a radio ad. Um, it is that opportunity to connect. So um, I think that's such an important concept to kind of highlight. And I'm glad you touched on that. So tell me about your own social media. I know that obviously you're in the Savvy Social School. So tell me a little bit about kind of your approach to social and your journey. And the reason I'm asking this for those listening is I kind of know because you're in the school, but I do want to share some of that journey to show the the progress that you've made as well as like the bumps along the way. So share, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so social has been like a roller coaster for me. I'm totally candid about it. While I guide a lot of clients on their social, it's part of the whole marketing mix. And, you know, I I turn to somebody like you to ramp up my skills and take me to the next level. Um, But I'm sort of like an amateur. I play with graphic design and just love that kind of stuff. And for me, it's all about the message and building that relationship. And so for my own, a couple of really interesting things have happened. So one thing is that I spend so much time and attention on my clients that I kind of ignore my own stuff, um, which is why I'm in the Savvy Social School because then it reminds me that all these tools are there and I can't neglect my own marketing. Um, That's number one. Number two is that I still am a little schizophrenic in my perspective on, you know, I have the Lynn Galadner social pages on like Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and then on Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn and Facebook, I have your people pages. And so it's like, well, should I have both or should I just be me? And I really go back and forth on this. So it depends which day we talk because I may have a different perspective, but there are days when I'm like, yes, the the agency has its own right to be out there and share case studies and client successes and some of the principles that, you know, undergird our work. But at the same time, I'm like, can't I just do that on mine? Like, why have all these extra pages and platforms? And, you know, our, the biggest question I have is, are the right people following us on both? And so I know that I have a lot more engagement and a, a good audience on the Lynn Galadner ones. And so it makes me wonder if the Your People ones are worth building or not. Like, do people want to follow the agency or would they rather follow a person? And like, again, depends which day. I'm not sure, but I'm still doing both until I decide definitively one way or another. Yes. And I love that you're even considering this as a process. I will say this. I'm trying to think of the phrase. It's like the cobbler's kids have no shoes or something like (laughs) something like that, where as marketers, sometimes our own marketing suffers because we put so much energy into our clients. And that is part of the struggle. So I'll tell you this, even for my own brand, I did not start my Instagram until 2017, like the beginning of that year is when I really kicked it up. Uh, Before that, I mean, I had an Instagram, but I was posting so irregularly. I think I had like 200 followers and I was doing this for my clients. So I, I think it's just one of those things where 
you know, we, we spend so much time and energy on our clients. We know the right things, but then when it comes to our own brands, it is tough to implement, which is why I do recommend getting support as well. Hiring marketers to help you with this instead of having to do all of the things because most businesses, even personal brands have that kind of support. And I know you've kind of gone on that journey a little bit yourself. So can you talk a little bit about that as well? Yeah. So, you know, my company has always been deliberately small and everybody on our team works remotely. So we have people all over the United States who are working for us. But again, it's really small and I hire people who are like expert in what they do. So I have a couple of graphic designers that I work with for, you know, bigger ticket projects. I have a media relations person who supports me in some of that pitching, a couple web developers. And I recently just hired somebody to do blogging for my podcast. And so I'm the writer hiring somebody to do blogging for the podcast because yes, I could do it, but I'm probably not going to get around to it because I'm doing blogs for everybody else or whatever else I'm doing, you know? So I, I hire people as I need to. And when it comes to social, I've hired people and still I'm kind of looking for the right person who can carry the your people social pages because I have such a clear vision of what I want, but I just don't have the time to do it. And so I'm looking for that person who can just soar with it. And it's about synergy. It's about, you know, bringing somebody in, but there's a lot of talent out there. So it's important to find the right fit. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you have your team supporting you internally for your clients, as well as looking for someone for your own accounts as well. I I think it is a challenge. It's almost like this concept that, you know, even life coaches have life coaches, (laughs) like even therapists have therapists, even marketers have marketers, if I can make that leap. Um, I think that it's, it is important because when we're building our own businesses, we're so close to it, that it, it is a bit tough to kind of get some clarity there. So for those people who are listening, let's say we have um, some listeners who are at all sorts of levels. So some who are ready to hire, but some who are doing it for themselves. So if they're approaching this storytelling concept for themselves, even if they are close to it, what are one or two things you can recommend for them to do today to really help bring some of those storytelling aspects to their marketing? It's a great question. So I would say first and foremost is to jot down some ideas about why you love what you do and why you're doing this kind of work. And so just getting in touch with that and being real with people and just saying, you know, here, here are the aspects of my day or my projects that I love and here are things I don't and, and post about both. You know, sort of tell that story and be multidimensional so that people can relate to you and they can understand that even if it all looks great on social media, you have your moments too. And you're only human. You're bringing this passion and this interest to the work that you do. And hopefully you inspire other people to go on a similar journey, finding their own purpose. So I think that's the first place to start. I think also it really helps to have some rituals that can ground you. And so whether that's meditation or you start the day reading something inspirational, or you take a walk outside in the middle of your day to like break up the work and just get the juices flowing. I think that reconnects you to why you're doing this in the first place. And it's really important to have those conversations with self so that you can get clear and then you can inspire others. And then that will build your business too. That's such a good reminder. I always get like the best ideas when I'm out on a walk or when I'm not working, right? Yes. Yes. It's for me, it's in the woods, like I'm hiking or something and I want to jot something down, but the whole point of it is to not jot it down. And so you just hope that that inspiration is going to stay with you when you get back to the office too. I love that. Do you have um, any journaling tools or note-taking tools that you use like apps or even physical books? 
so I'm pretty old fashioned when it comes to journaling. I just like pen and paper because they're actually, it's funny. I've taught writing now for 20 years on the side. And there's a lot of research that shows that when you write physically with a pen, it activates a different part of the brain than if you're typing. And so um, when I'm just journaling to try and figure out where I am and what you know my soul wants to say, that pen in hand is really, really important. But what I will say when I'm totally struck by inspiration and I'm out in the woods and I don't have anything with me purposely, I, I do have my phone because it marks my steps. And so I'll talk to text. I'll just do a note. So I don't start typing or looking at the screen. I just sort of like, as I'm looking around and finding all this inspiration or poetry or whatever, I'll just talk it in there and record it and hopefully use it at some point in my writing. Oh, I love the talk to text. I think I could totally see that. I'm a verbal processor. So for me, even communicating with my team, if I have to type it, it feels like I'm bogged down. But if I can speak it, I feel like I get it out there. So I like that. Yes. Okay. Yes. Very interesting. Yeah. So also, um, there is a program that I haven't used, but I've received from people called Loom which is so nice. And it's just, it's fast and it feels like you're with the person, even though it's recorded. So that's a really great option too. Yes. Okay. I'll put the link to Loom. I use Loom as well. Um, I find it to be very great for like a quick little video, much faster for me too than typing an email. So great. So for those people who are listening and they want to connect with you more, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about your podcast because I think that's a really great um, place to kind of get to know you and your philosophies. Um, So tell us a little bit about the show. Yes. So it's called the Make Meaning Podcast. And I launched it on my father's 80th birthday in 2018. And it's a little bit of a poignant story. So my dad um, was diagnosed uh, the year before with an incurable blood cancer. And so we didn't know if he'd make his 80th birthday or not. And he was, we were super close. He was my business advisor, my um, just everything. We were always close. And so I thought, you know what, one of the things that has sort of been a common thread through my writing and my work has been how people find meaning and purpose, you know, why we do what we do, why we're put on this earth. I believe every person has their own unique gifts that will make the world better. And so we spend our lives trying to figure out what that is. And so I thought, okay, well, while I have my dad still, I want to record some of his stories. And so I created the Make Meaning podcast and he was my first guest and um, he made his 80th birthday. And so that was the first episode. It's when it launched. Um, He made his 81st birthday. So the one year anniversary episode was with him as well. And even though we talked all the time and had lunch all the time and we're super close, I learned things in those interviews that I didn't know, which was really cool. And now I have it, although I haven't listened to them since he died in January. I haven't been able to hear his voice yet. So this launched the podcast and I interview people about how they make meaning and work and find purpose in life. I interview a lot of educators because that is a space that I'm really heavy in in my marketing and PR work, but just really different people that just are fascinating and how they came to do what they do and how they make their mark on the world. And um, we will finish this year at episode 100. So um, you can find us at makemeaning.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. If you want to find out about our marketing and PR, it's yourppl.com. And of course, I'm on social everywhere. So you can always find me too. Yes. Oh, I love that story. Guys, definitely go check out the podcast. Check out everything Lynn has to offer. I'm going to put a bunch of links in the show notes. So for those of you listening, come back to this episode, check out the show notes. You can always find it at onlinedrea.com slash one, two, three. That's the number for this episode. And all of the links will be there. Thank you so much, Lynn, for being on the show today. This has been absolutely fantastic. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. It was, it was a thrill. 
Thanks so much, Lynn, for coming on the show. That was such a great interview. And I also love it because Lynn is a member of the Savvy Social School. So she gets to have the impact of all of the knowledge that we share there, all of the coaching, all of the resources. Uh, Definitely connect with Lynn. I'll put the links in the description of this uh, podcast or of this video, depending on where you're watching. And hey, I mentioned watching a lot. We're on YouTube as well. And my dog Gibson is always in the background of the videos. So head on over to YouTube to see all of the beautifulness that is Gibson just snoring away behind me. And also subscribe to our YouTube channel. We appreciate your support. Next week, I have Jennifer Spivak on the show. We're going to talk about Facebook ads. We're going to talk about building an agency. We're going to talk about how she shows up and why her clients are so excited to work with her before they even meet with her. It's just going to be such a lovely conversation. So stay tuned for that next week. I will see you then. Bye for now.